in just short time of talking to you, I learned a lot already. I felt, I felt, I, I have some insights already, and yeah. that's I'm grateful for that. Welcome to Career Plus. This is your host, Barakat Kalili, and you're listening to a powerful conversation about creating a career built around freedom, impact, and profit. Uh, the previous week, and it's good to reconnect with you. And uh, really looking forward to seeing what we learned. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to see you again. Yeah, yeah. We had a really nice uh, chat uh, last week, right? And uh, you were sharing with me your story and uh, your career story, your life story. Uh, you have a really powerful story uh, to share with folks. And uh, have, I think you have a really interesting uh, wide range of experience, too, in a lot of different uh, fields and different jobs, working with different clients. And so I think it'll be kind of interesting to see. I, I'm, you know, I feel pretty confident we'll find, you know, we'll learn something uh, coming out of this. Yeah, I'm yeah. also sure. Yeah, yeah. So you are, uh, right now you're based in the Philippines, right? And you work uh, as a virtual assistant and yes. uh, help, helping a client doing, um, that uh, the client is a marketing firm, if I'm not mistaken, right? Based here in the U.S.? Yes, uh, an advertising agency. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that goes back a few years, right? Uh, doing uh, this kind of digital work. And then before that, though, you've had uh, some time in, in another field, in education. Yes, I was a teacher... Uh, before pandemic happened, I was a volunteer English teacher in an orphanage school in Thailand for a year. And I was offered a regular position before I went home. Um, so it's just supposed to be a one-month vacation, but pandemic happened. I got stuck at home. So I ventured into this freelancing to work from home. Yeah. And, yeah. and you... I wasn't able to go back anymore. Right, right. And and you've been doing uh, this line of work now for since then, basically, right? And yeah, for two years now. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. And uh, we, we've been trying to connect for a while. And, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and you, you've listened to the podcast, too. And you've listened yes. to some of the some of the other interviews there. So and you were, and I think that probably made you even more interested to want to have the conversation, right? So um, just to kind of start things off, when you think about your career, what what are you hoping to you know, accomplish out of this? What you know, what kind of change would you like to see in your path? Yeah, when I called out for assistance, when I posted my plea for a coaching. I was really desperate to uh, find my niche because uh, as of now, I'm a marketing virtual assistant, but I was assigned as a, a project manager associate. So my list of responsibilities is very different from the contract I signed on. And they gave me another, a bigger responsibility, but they did not raise my pay. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. somehow even the HR said, I, I am, I am exploited. There's an exploitation there. And when I heard that, I felt down and 
I sunk into self-pity because uh, I feel I am not being paid what I deserve. And besides, although I cannot say it's a bad work, it's an easy job. It's very easy. But the thing is, at the end of the day, how do I feel? I don't feel fulfilled. I don't feel satisfied. And I, it just came to me that I want I want to change. I want things to change. I want something different. If not, if at least if I won't be paid that much, I at least I should do something worthwhile. That this, you know, money can money is important because it makes me feed my children. It makes me send them to school. But for me, after my diagnosis as uh, as bipolar and I have lived as like a second life now. Um, money is just secondary. The, prior the priority is being able to do something worthwhile that I feel I have lived a meaningful life and I have spent my time wisely and I have I was able to help other people. So with this kind of work that I'm doing now, I don't find it. I don't find those values. That's why I said, okay, I need a change. I want to change. But I don't, don't know how. I don't know how because somehow this is a comfort zone for me. Although the salary is not big, it's a stable job. I'm guaranteed of $100 at the end of the week. Yeah, but and this, I feel dissatisfied. Yeah, and you've been making progress over these last couple of years, right? In terms of the work. I mean, first you were doing freelance work, and then now this client has has been more of a steady uh, client for you, right? And so, of course, yeah, for the past six months. Yeah, and the person in HR that said that you weren't basically being that you were being exploited. Uh, was this the, an HR person with the client or with a different organization? Yeah, it was surprising because she's the HR of the same company. Of the same company, yeah. And she's telling yeah, you you're was, not being it was like an, It's like I was fed something to think of that made me feel down. Mm -hmm. I was not realizing those things before I. she said those things. Yeah, and I remember you mentioned too that... Uh, Sometimes there's this can be a problem where people feel like they're they can get away with doing that because hey we're hiring someone digitally through the internet who lives on the other side of the world we don't really have to you know treat them very well we don't have to pay them very well you we don't have to you know like we can just we we can just kind of use them and discard them and so like you have to kind yeah. of watch yourself for that right I mean that's that can be a potential problem. That's the trend, I think, in freelancing, online freelancing. We don't have the security of job. We are, dispen uh, we, we can just be terminated anytime. There's no a guarantee of tenure. And at the same time, I saw my original application to this job. He specifically chose Philippines. And he put there, I'll go with the lowest rates. And for me, that time, I was just hoping to get a full-time job more than 40 hours a week. 
And I was excited because the way the job post was advertised was exciting. It was really enticing because there is career growth. There is so much learning and training, which happened. There was really enough space for training and learning. But the responsibilities are different from the contract I signed on. And when they I got onboarded, it's different. And yeah, the HR said, not because you're a Filipino, they're giving you that lesser salary, which is not fair. So yeah. it just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I suddenly realized maybe my coworkers, because they're, they are not Filipinos, they're being paid more. It just gave me that idea. Yeah. And when you look back on it, too, do you see that as maybe kind of a red flag when you said that, like, he was pretty open that he was just looking for the cheapest option out there? And, but at the time you thought, hey, this is a great opportunity, but unintentionally maybe, uh, it seemed like you kind of walked into a situation where it's not surprising you ended up where you're at, right? Working for somebody who yes. doesn't want to really pay what you're worth. Yes. And working at night, it's a night shift. It's an American time. I, before this job, I was refusing night shift job. Because uh, I thought I could, I cannot survive. But for the past six months, I was able to do it. So I'm thinking, if I was able to do it in six months, I cannot, I can do it for another six months or another six months, and I can, I have better options now if I start applying for a job. But the fear is there. Uh, I, I am not one hundred percent sure of the next step because uh somehow this job pays mm -hmm. somehow brings food to the table but at the same time there is this dissatisfaction it's it's like it's i feel mixed up i feel this is not a bad job this is, it pays the bills but i feel at the same time it's not enough and there could be better things in life than doing this kind of role at night. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I wish to seek guidance on that, on what I even, there was, I, I was even talking to this person last time. I said, I feel guilty that I'm, want, I'm wanting something more or something better. Am I not being grateful? <laughs> That's that's the thought that came to my mind that I it's like to ask for more to want for something better is making me feel guilty. I don't know why. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because that was that was the question I was just going to ask you. Uh, but you raised a good question. Why do you feel guilty? Why do you think? Um. I think it's the law of attraction is so ingrained in my mind that the more we complain about things, the more we get those things. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I, if you feel the guilt, that's what's going to keep coming back for you, right? Yeah. So it's not a good thing to be, I was thinking it's not a good thing to be ungrateful. But I, but I was told it's not being ungrateful. It's just you just want, it's okay to want for something better in life. 
how do you think it looks to the other person? Like say to this client, if you express your desire for more. I, 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 I did. We had one conversation that will you also give me a raise? I, I asked him. And then he said, we we are two project managers in the company. And she told me, if you could, let's do it by milestone. If you would be able to do what Kat is doing, the other PM, um, I would give you a raise. So I, I motivated me to, okay, learn everything, do everything she can do. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I felt exhausted. I felt I couldn't catch up because we have different ways of doing things. She's a Native American and she's good in communicating and it's somehow my weakness. That's why I even I even registered in masters to improve my speaking and listening skills. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But what do you so when you said but you said that you felt like guilty for wanting more and not being uh being grateful but not being fully satisfied and fulfilled with where you're at and still there there's still something missing there so what do you think how do you think it sounds to someone else that when when you're saying that do you think someone listening to this will think gosh Nez is just so greedy you know she just you know, be happy with what you got. You know, why are you wanting so much more? Um, it's with that person I was talking to. I I received a different reaction. She told me, it's totally, it's your right to demand for something better. Mm -hmm. You don't need to feel guilty. That's what I was told. So, and what it if was you did difficult get? for a mind shift. Yeah, yeah. What if you did get everything that you wanted? What do you think it would say about you? That uh, I was right <laughs> to ask for more. <laughs> I think the desire is there. Uh, it's like when you, you mentioned your desire, you're casting to the universe, okay, this is what I need, this is what I want. But it took me some time to to be able to say that I'm not ungrateful. I am grateful, but yeah. I need more. Need more or want more? Um, maybe want. It's more want because somehow the basics are covered already. Mm. But I don't know. Uh, next month my son will be in the university so the actual expenses i don't know yet the, the actual expenses right and and you and something you talked about earlier that i think what we should uh, jump on to is uh, you talked about doing something worthwhile in your work mm -hmm. it's not mm -hmm. enough for you to just just get a paycheck and you mentioned this when we, when we last spoke too that um, you have to be doing something where uh, I think as you said it, that it's at the end point, whoever they're serving, they're making that person's life better in some meaningful way. Yes. And and for, for, and so talk a little bit about why is that so important to you? That's something that's unique to Nez, that 
She has to be a part of something that's having a meaningful impact. Why, why, is, that, why is that so important to you? That is very important for me because uh, I have learned that life, life is fleeting. We can just get, uh, we can just die anytime. And for me with the children, I need to leave a better legacy. So it's also this inner, there's this inner peace. I like the feeling of being, when I served as a volunteer teacher in, a, in the orphanage school, I discovered this feeling of satisfaction or fulfillment that when you have done something good at the end of the day, it's very ecstatic, it's blissful to feel such satisfaction or let's say fulfillment, the better word is fulfillment, that I was able to do something really good that makes the children smile, make them laugh, make them dance. So I want that kind of feeling. It's very important for me to have that kind of feeling every time I do my work and uh, when I'm lying down on bed to sleep, I feel at peace. That is very important. And if I would be able to keep that kind of peace and fulfillment every day, it will accumulate to leaving a good legacy to my children. That is very important for me. But I find it difficult. I don't find the opportunity yet to do that. When, even when I started my freelancing career, when I made my profile in LinkedIn, I put there, uh, I want to work with, I specified what kind of people I wanted to work with, like philanthropists, uh, non-profit organization, authors, life coaches, spiritual gurus, artists, those kinds of people. With this job I'm doing now, we are running ads for clients and this client's goal is to have money just to have money 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 to be able to sell and have lots of money at the end of the day i'm working so that this person will have more money in his bank account and it ends there there's nothing there's no meaning on that for me so i wanted something very different from what i'm doing now you know, one difference I hear there too is when you, you know, when you're teaching, when you're in the school, you know, you were working directly with the people that you were serving. Whereas in the role that you're in now in freelance, you're a little too far removed, you know, from the end client. And so it's hard to see the connection then between what you're doing and how that uh, ends up, you know, because it might be serving someone down the line, but you're not a part of that directly. So. It's hard to, it's easy to forget, right? And then your part of that is you got this job with all these responsibilities and, you know, and it's not, and you're having to work at night and it's, 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 um, it has its challenges. Mm -hmm. And there's no direct impact. At least if I knew that what I have done has contributed to something noble. That would be very satisfying, but for my job now, there's just minimal effort, but it somehow contributes still 
to the client's success, but the end result is not uh, that satisfying. In the last couple of years, outside of your job, have you done anything like that? Have you had any opportunities to maybe volunteer or help people in some in some form? Mm, only that when I was teaching in high school and college, I know that I have a positive impact to my store to my mm. students by sharing um my story. As they said, it's they may forget what we say, but they will never forget how we made them feel. So mm. with the feedback of my students before and whenever I'm leaving them, uh they're they're crying, they wanted me to stay, they don't want me to go. Uh it makes me feel good because uh I know that I have created something a lasting impact to their lives. I'm very open to my story to my students. Like being a mother at the age of having two children at the age of 18, going to college with two children and finishing with flying colors. I am open with uh, my story to them and they like it so much when they hear real life stories. That's how I create my impact to my students. But when I went abroad to Dubai to work as first, I was an executive to the company legal search secretary. Then I became an assistant store manager. It's more of gaining money. There's no personal growth on that. Only career-wise, I earn money. I earn dollars, and that's it. I I was able to send my children to the to private schools and all that. But the satisfaction I'm telling you about the fulfillment is not there. Was not there. Yeah, I mean you're not telling your story in that job. No, and I'm right, you're just, dealing so you with... just go in, you do a job, you do the task, and that's it. But you're not and telling. Ev you're and, just, yeah. and every day I'm dealing with BS <laughs> <laughs> to make things worse. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's so. I was gonna ask you, yeah, what, uh, what would your students say about Miss Nez as a teacher? And uh, like, if I were to ask them, and you said you, you know, you share your story, so they seem to really connect with you. But, uh, you know, if I was, you know, if I went to that school, like, say, in Malaysia and asked them, hey, what was, you know, Miss Mads like? What would they say? I think I would, they would say I'm cool because I could go down to their level. And although I, I tell them uh, serious stories, I can make them laugh. And I can even, uh, I would rather say, I can even make them, I, I can better make them cry as well. Every time, every time, every year that I teach, uh, we will have this kind of activity that I will make them cry. And that I think is very impactful. And uh, what kind of impact then did it have with those kids? Did you, did you see in, like, in terms of their performance or what they went on to do? Um, you know what? Um, that, what kind of impact were you able to have with them? I don't think it's an instant. The instant gratification there would be they cry, they laugh, they felt something's very strong. But I think the impact would be something more lasting at the at the later years 
when they can recall back what we did and mm -hmm. then realize, okay, uh, yeah. teacher Ness taught me this, teacher Ness told me this, and they would realize the, the values that was ingrained on those teachings that will guide them later on in life. That, you, so it's not an instant gratification. Absolutely, absolutely. No, I take your point there. Uh, it sounds like your kids in your class may have also been like much more engaged, you know, in the in the experience in the classroom there than maybe yes. say, another teacher. Yeah, because when I make my lessons, like for example, I made this vision. I made them make a vision board. I make them have their wildest dreams, put them on pictures. They like it so much because they enjoy the the fact that they could dream for free mm -hmm. and they are free to dream. They like it so much and it made them dream more, wish for things to be better. I, I was able to show them that things can get better and I always tell them that you you may reach a rock bottom but things can only get better if you don't quit. That's my message to all of them. Because I'm a living example of uh being pregnant at 16 is not easy. Having two children to go to college. If I was able to go to college with two children and finish with flying colors, they can do it better than me because they will be going to college without children. So it's an eye-opener for them. Why do you think you were able to succeed where maybe another girl in the same situation, 16, 17, 18 years old, I mean, you must have known others who, or heard of others who had became moms at the same age, but didn't didn't turn out so well. Why do you think you were able to still persevere and succeed? Um, it's important to have very supportive family. My father, I didn't want to go to college anymore. I just wanted to take good care of my children, but my father was insistent to take me uh, to sent me to college, he even brought me for the entrance exam and watched and stayed outside waiting for me to finish the exam. And then my mom, my mom also uh, hired maids to take care of my children so that I can do my schooling. And my the father of my children that time as well was very supportive. But at the end of the day, it's still me who would determine my my fate. So I was strong-willed. When I focused on something, I really see to it that I finish it. And I love studying. I love learning. Even up to now, at my age, I am still enrolling. I'm still learning. I'm still upskilling. I think that's one of the best, one of my best traits, the love or passion for learning. It has brought me to different places and reached higher heights. Even when I was in Dubai, it was my first time to be there. It was my first time to do those jobs. But I was able to do it because I love to learn. I, I have uh, unquenchable thirst for learning. Mm, interesting. So you said, so we have a few things here in terms of what you'd like to accomplish. You mentioned uh, you'd like to be able to change your hours. Right, in terms of you know when you work, you'd like something with more pay, 
definitely like something where you're doing, where you're creating impact with people and you're especially working with people directly and serving them. Uh, it looks like you need to do something where you can tell your story. Mm -hmm. too, right. Where you're like, like when you were a teacher and you can share your story and that was something that really helped you do your job and create an impact with those girls. Right. Mm -hmm. so, but if you're in a job where you, where you don't have to tell your story, it's not a part of the work you're doing, uh, that fulfillment isn't going to be there. Um, yeah, it's a big factor. If I would be able to share my story, that would mean some, that would mean a lot. But at the same time, if, uh, I would need a job that see for example i work for an author and this author has a very great book that needs to be shared to everybody if i would be part of that sharing of that book to the world it would mean a lot to me because that book impacts another life something like that when i knew that the work that has been done at the end of the day has impacted another life to change for the better that would be enough for me yeah but you sound like you're negotiating with yourself you have a story to tell you're an author too i haven't penned it down i have bits and pieces of my life story somewhere some places but I have ne never really sat down to write it. Yeah, but it doesn't matter if you have to, you don't have to write it. You saw how, how your story impacted the, those girls, right? When you were teaching them, you were telling them your story. Mm -hmm. right? You saw the impact that it had. And, and it wasn't just when you were younger, too, that you had struggles. You've had challenges, you know, up until the present. Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. So you have quite a quite a big story to tell, and you yeah. and especially for where you are today, uh, I think uh, a lot of people would be amazed to see where you're at uh, right now, what you've come through. That's my hope. Yeah, uh, being also now at present, being a mental health advocate, I have maintenance for bipolar. It's learning to live with bipolar is something also there's a message a good message for that as well i'm a living uh proof that despite mental illness we can thrive and we can succeed although still i am a, i am in the process of i cannot consider myself very successful now but somehow being able to survive daily with my illness and be able to function normally is an achievement already but of course in terms of success measured uh, by the world i am not yet that successful but being able to uh, get up and thrive daily it's already something and, and so what if you don't measure up in terms of success the way other people would measure it what does that matter um it doesn't really matter much because i'm more as of now if i look at my situation with 
I want I was one of the cum laude in our college. And when they learned that I am not teaching, I am not a supervisor, I'm not a principal, I am not I I don't have a high ranking position in the teaching or in the academy. They get surprised, they get shocked what happened. They feel I am wasted as a teacher and I don't have a car, I don't have my own house. At first there was a time before I think when I was in my depression days. I felt so worthless because I don't have a career, I don't have a house, I don't have a car. But after surviving those dark days or years in, with depression and anxiety and being able to arrive at this moment, I don't really care if I don't have a house or a car. The, the thing is, I live a simple life now and I'm being able to support my kids that's all that matters yeah but of course there things can still get better and that's what i'm working hard for not necessarily to have a car or a house but something more even better than that yeah and how many of those girls in that school that were you teaching asked you you know miss naz what what have you accomplished what's your success what are your credentials? What, what school did you go to and what degree did you have? Actually, my students in college before, they're my friends now in Facebook. Uh, they're my number one <laughs> cheerer or yeah. supporter. Whenever I achieve something, I post in Facebook. They are there to cheer me up and... Uh, Right. Now, what I mean, though, is like when you were sharing your story, you said, you know, you shared your story with the, with the girls and that helped make a connection. They mm -hmm. connected with you once they heard your story. They, they didn't care about whatever success. They weren't interested in your resume. Mm -hmm. No. Yes. They just saw that you were a real person. They saw the real you. And then now you're not just another teacher. You're someone that understands them. You're someone that they feel they understand. There's a real, you know, emotional connection there. Yeah, definitely. Um, every now and then they they say thank you to me for uh, for being a good teacher to them. There was one even one time that that's my idol. <laughs> someone said like that, and I checked. It's my student. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they were saying you're you're their idol. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How many kids do you think you've taught over over that time? Oh, when I was teaching in college, I had more than 200 students. And imagine if you had that impact with all 200 of those people and they impact two or three people there. I mean, you've really like touched thousands of lives here. Yeah, I was thinking like that, but when I chose to be a teacher, you multiply yourself. Mm. If you shared goodness, that goodness will be multiplied because these students will be sharing what they what they yeah. got. So what if we just kept it simple instead of complicating things like, oh, I gotta reach this level of success that the world will see? What if it just what if we just bring it back to you telling your story. Mm, that would be nice. 
if I would be paid for that. Sure, <laughs> that would be nice. Huh? Yeah, that's good. Now I'm glad you said that specifically because we do we do want those specific <laughs> measurable, you know, goals, right? Yeah. Uh, something tangible, and as you said, right, law of attraction, uh, dreams. You're the you're the vision board lady, <laughs> yeah. right? You can dream of anything. Mm-hmm. Why can't you be paid well to tell your story, have that impact, and multiply that that uh, and inspire people to dream and multiply that? I have never thought of that. It's a new idea for me <laughs> coming from you. I've never thought of that. But that would be great if it can happen. So you don't sound too convinced <laughs> if it can happen. <laughs> um, I think there was a point in my life, you know, I like to hold microphone. Uh, when I was... When I became a born-again Christian, uh, a, a Protestant, I used to stand on stage. I like to stand on the stage and hold the microphone and give my testimony. Mm-hmm. And if, whenever I attend seminars, symposiums, I see to it that I get the opportunity to hold the microphone and talk. <laughs> and how did I that just feel? don't know. Oh, it, it's, it feels good. There was even this, uh, what do you call that? Um, a retreat of Catholics. So hundreds of people were there. And I volunteered to speak to give feedback on the retreat that has happened. It felt so good when you see the people applauding, clapping. And then there was the time, there was really this time I said, I wanted something like this. I wanted something like this to happen every now and then. It was satisfying. Yeah. And did you ever get any feedback? Do you remember any instances where people told you how they felt hearing your testimony? Yes, yes. What, what, they, did they, what really they, praised, they really praised me a lot. And um, you could... You're, I was even told you're a, a light, you're a torch that can bring light to many. I was even told like that. Mm. Yeah, it remember, it made me remember that night. <laughs> it was so good. I have yeah, those perfect. moments. I have those mm. moments. Where you just reflect on that or moments where you, that's where you'd like to relive that i wish i could relieve that i wish i could do that maybe that's why i've been wanting also when i went to dubai i before i went to dubai my english was good i was speaking well but after having 20 laborers who cannot speak english my english skill my speaking skills deteriorated and since then i've been wanting to join toastmasters because i want to develop my speaking skills but i don't know <laughs> maybe are you familiar so 
you might be familiar with the story of Moses and Israel and Ed Exodus coming out of Egypt. Yes. Mm -hmm. I know. And you remember, name. yeah. So you remember when Moses was called by God, right? Yes. <laughs> remember all those excuses he kept making? Yeah. But for me, I consider myself a Jonah. A Jonah. Okay, Jonah. Yeah, but I mean, but you were saying, but remember what Moses though said about, well, I'm not a, I think the last excuse he made was, I, I don't, I'm not a really good talker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what God really got angry, right? Like he, like he finally like just kind of let loose on him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, I consider myself Jonah. I felt there was this time I was I'm being called for ministry or to serve in the church, but I kept on hiding away or running away. Yeah. Until I'm I'm sent to the stomach of the fish. Yeah, that's a really good, I think that story does really fit your story pretty well. I haven't gone out of the beach. I, well, I think you have, because I think your, your dark days, I think those were the days when you were in the fish. Mm -hmm. And you've definitely come out of that. But now you're just not at the place yet where you've gone to Nineveh. No, not, the yet, message. not yet. Yeah. And what happened when Jonah preached that message to Nineveh? <laughs> he blamed God because things did not happen. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, how, was, did, how did the city? How did the city respond? At first, they did not listen to Jonah, right? Mm -hmm. Let me recall. <laughs> I can't remember much, but I think I rem what I remember Jonah felt bad about God because things did not happen the way he was expecting things to happen. Right. Well, he knew that God would save them if he preached the message, and that's why he was upset with God. <laughs> yeah. right? he, was, he was upset with God because he knew how merciful he was going to be. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, and Nineveh was the city where there was a lot of violence, right? And he went and preached and said, hey, the message was basically, you guys, there's all these problems here, and you need to, we need to make some changes here, or else there's destruction on your way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they, they heard the message, and they, they listened to him. Mm -hmm. right? They repented, and he saved the city. Yes. So you are, yeah, you're definitely this. Jonah. I wish really you? I would reach Nineveh. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What makes you feel like you can do it? I don't have the opportunity yet. I don't know where to find the opportunity or it's like it's there. It was once a dream. And I think I have relegated it to the at the back. Now talking to you, it makes me <laughs> remember those things, remembers those glorious days and time moments. And I I could see now that, yeah, I have that gift. I have that kind of talent. And not only that, you do have the means and the opportunity. If you wanted to share this story, what what, what could you do today? Don't know. 
I don't know. <laughs> if you wanted to just get out there and talk to whoever wants to listen, there's more opportunities today than there were when you were a kid. Mm -hmm. I need to find the right channel or I don't know what kind of opportunities there for that kind of role. Well, you said that uh, your students are still connected with you. Yes. Right? You got friends connected with you on Facebook? Yes. How many friends do you have? On my Facebook, it's more than a thousand. And if you wanted and if you wanted to talk to them, how would you do that? But you know, a prophet is not <laughs> it's not what do you call it? My father always told me. Not honored uh, in his own country. Yeah. <laughs> and I think like I, would, making. I I feel I feel more comfortable talking to strangers than my own family or close friends. Um, since I got sick in 2016, most of my friends turned away from me. Because there was a point that I really begged for money so that I could go to this rehabilitation center in Cebu City. And with mm -hmm. that, they looked down on me and I think I lost them. Mm -hmm. So, but coming back strong like this now, if they can hear my real story, I think things would change. Yeah. And what I mean is, you do have people that are in your circle that. Uh, if they heard your story, I mean, you can just put it out there. You don't have to necessarily talk to them one-on-one. -on -one. You can go on Facebook Live, for example, right? And you can just say, hey, look, I'm going to share my story. I mean, it's as simple as that, as easy as that. And they can decide if they want to show up or not. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you just send it to your students, the ones that you're still connected with. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump on Zoom at this time. You know, I'm sharing this story. Come, you know, come listen. Come check it out. Um, I have a friend. Uh, I'm in a, a who's a friend who's a coach, and uh, we've been going through this 90 day challenge. And one thing that she wants to do is public speaking, right? Mm -hmm. There are people who want to hear your story, right? They want to, they want speakers, right? Uh, who can you connect with? That's looking for someone to speak, like a school, mm -hmm. like um, maybe even a business. Maybe some. Where, what are places where people go and give talks? I'm pretty on Friday. I have a speaking engagement. I'm going to talk. First I'm going do. to talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have. I remember I was invited to give a talk about mental health on Friday. To my one of my digital school two years ago, mm -hmm. they reached out to me. Of course. This is your Nineveh, Ness. Go and talk. Preach. Pick up your microphone. Uh, I really love the microphone, the, the, the old type of microphone. Why don't you get one of those? <laughs> it doesn't even have to work. Have... You can just hold it up there. <laughs> My precious uh, photos are the ones I'm holding microphone. I have, I kept that. I have an album for that. 
Now, when you have, is this your first time doing the speaking engagement? Is this the first time for you? This is the second time. Second time. Okay. Um, so you, you're going to start, and are you, you're, and you're sharing your journey, your story, your past, your, your experience? Okay, great. Yeah, great. as a virtual assistant and as a mental health advocate. Okay. But make sure you bring in, you know, your whole story. Mm -hmm. Don't okay. hold back. Don't hold back at all. Mm -hmm. Just like, remember, you're just like back in school talking to these girls. If you share your story, they're going to connect with you. Yeah, but I think it also, uh, it's, it has a big role also to play when I'm talking to someone like you who could bring out the best in from me because it's not that easy to be relaxed and be able to recall those beautiful memories. It takes a person like you to bring those out. So Sure. Yeah, but I mean, you're, um, and, and we can work on that, but uh, you know your story better than anybody else. And mm -hmm. you just have to be more, once you're more aware of it, you can, uh, you, you, the way you change your story is also going to change too over time because you're going to become more comfortable with it. And the more you tell it, the more, the better it's going to be. I mean, the way you told it to me was powerful. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. When we talked, especially last week, nice. I, I, you know, I just thought, okay, you're working, you're living in the Philippines, you, you know, you have that life, but when you shared your story, I remember thinking, okay, now I understand why she's saying I, I need something that's uh, something that's worthwhile because life is so fleeting. Mm -hmm. Like now I get what that means because that's not just otherwise that would just be an abstract term and then I would I would hear it and forget it. But when I knew your story, now I understand, okay, now it has meaning. Now there's some context. Now I can remember. Nez, because she's the the woman that overcame a lot, you know, as a young mother, putting you know putting herself through school, supporting uh, her family, doing all that, mm -hmm. working with kids, teaching, inspiring, having an impact. Like now, I can now that's going to stick with me because now I have something to hang on to. And you've been writing bits and pieces of it. Maybe you just need to, part of it is you just need more practice. You just need to get out there more and speak. But the more you do it, I think the more your invitations you'll get too. I hope so. <laughs> and think about also how you can connect with these folks too. Because they're probably going to want to keep hearing from you. Hmm. You know, so how can they connect with you? How can they stay in touch with you so that down the road, if maybe you're speaking somewhere else, you can invite them there? Or if you, if you want to do it online, you can, uh, they can, you know, follow you there too. But they're going to probably want to stay in touch with you, some of them. Yeah. But at this point, let's just keep it simple. Let's just tell that story wherever you can to whoever's willing to listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not see it as an opportunity before. Uh, only now I realize that it can be something that 
uh, I can do. You have the calling. You have the anointing there. You have the opportunity there. Uh, people are not waiting. <laughs> Nineveh was not expecting a Jonah. And they weren't like, well, what are your credentials? What are you, why, you know, show us your track record. Let's see your success. And then maybe we'll believe you. Mm -hmm. None of that matters. All you need is the calling and the opportunity. And you have those. I don't see the opportunity yet. Maybe it's a beginning because the first time I spoke, uh, I think a month ago, the one who referred me to this speaking engagement on Friday was also there. So it's, I was referred. That's how it happens. Yes. Okay. You don't have to, like, if you're thinking I got to be Tony Robbins on the big stage right now, no. That's why I said, let's just, because that, all that stuff complicates it. How do I get the following? How do I do, you know, this, that, and the other? Uh, let's just keep it simple at this stage and just tell your story. Okay. And when you went to one place, guess what happened? I said, oh, there's another place that wants to hear this. Guess what happens when you go to this place? Okay. <laughs> my my brother uh, was also an itinerant speaker for a while. Uh, I would say about six, seven years ago. Uh, he was living where, where I am here, but he got invited to one conference, uh, a church conference. Where he's, he's a pastor today. And mm -hmm. But it started with he went to one conference. And, of course, people are coming there from all over the country. So they hear him speak and they're thinking, oh, we need him for our event. So <laughs> next summer, he gets like three, four, five invitations to come speak in different parts of the country. And those oh. people, those events, people are coming from all over the country and they're hearing him speak and they're saying, oh, we got to have him come speak at our event or have him come back again. And that, that happens. And then finally, one of these churches in Dallas says, Hey, we want, you know, we'd like you to, you know, come live here and be a pastor full time. <laughs> and of course, along the way, he was also starting to, you know, they would start to pay him a little bit too to bring him out there, fly him out. And, but, you know, it's, it's step by step. He knew, he always knew he wanted to be the pastor full time, but he didn't jump at that right away. It took a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Right. You have a story. You know what you want to do. You want to be telling your story, inspiring other people, showing them that they can dream too. Mm -hmm. And so, what, but what you need to do just right now is just connect with people and go to these speaking engagements and share your story. <laughs> That's nice. It's uh, a refreshing thought. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about all the other stuff down the road, all the other, just, just focus on the story and what you share and, and just, and connect. Just say, this is who I am. This is what happened to me. That's all it is. You don't even have to persuade them, convince them anything. Just say, this is what, this is what has happened in my life. 
Wow, that's nice. <laughs> Thank you so much for that insight. I mean, you've done it already. I mean, you're doing it. You you spoke once and you got another a referral out of that. You're already multiplying your impact. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, how did you get the first speaking engagement? Um, I was part of this uh, school uh, for person with disabilities. Okay. So there, it was the mental health day, something like that. Mental health celebration, and they have thought of me because I can speak well. <laughs> so they invited me to talk about my uh, journey with uh, mental, uh, journey with bipolar. And so a lot of these folks that, uh, these are educators working in these schools? Um, mostly uh, online, it's an online school. Mm -hmm. So, most of their clientele are also person with disabilities. So it's okay. like inspiring them that if okay. I was able to make it, they can also uh, yeah. do it. Right, right, right. Yeah, so I'm thinking uh, you might want to keep an eye out then also for other people and other organizations like this. Mm. Right, other mental yeah, health Yeah, this advocates. one now, the one in Friday is a big, bigger institution, bigger... Organ it's a non-profit organization of course yeah so but the, the i think these are the people that you want to connect with right people who work in non-profits people who work in schools people who work in mental health mm -hmm. and you can just connect you know as you connect with these folks you share your story you connect with them uh you talk to them and then uh invitations will just keep coming I hope so. It would really be something that I love to do. At the first speaking engagement was I was really very nervous because it would be my first time to be yeah. a solo, the first solo to to be interviewed before I joined panel interviews. But this time it's <laughs> it was one on one, so I was very nervous but after doing it i i felt good because i was able to do it well, you went back I to that little best. girl yeah you went back to that little girl <laughs> with the microphone so next uh this friday i think i would do better yeah of course yeah you know the other thing i was thinking too is that you know earlier when you're uh, sharing what you want to do you know i felt like you know you're holding back your story that kind of like how jesus said nobody puts a bushel over a light, right? You got to put the light uh, yeah. on the table. I was, they have no, yeah. I was told that by one pastor, one of my pastors before, if you are someone who, who, who is brightly shining, even if you kept it under, uh, under, uh, what's the term he used? It would still shine. Right. But that's not where a light is supposed to be. It's supposed to be high up where everybody can see it, because that's its purpose, to give light to the room. Yeah. 
And I was also told before, I cannot run away from the calling of God. Uh, I, I had a gift, but I I sort of ran away from church. <laughs> I haven't right gone around. I am. I don't go. I. I've been to many religions. I. I have been to different churches, and every time I attend a church, I stand in the pulpit. I do. I am recognized, but I came to a point uh, where I consider myself with no religion. I am open. It's not that I don't believe in God. I believe in God, but it's not the kind of God that is shaped by human. Uh, human past or I'm open for me God is experiential there's somebody someone or something bigger than us it's there he's there uh, but it's not confined to the image that man created it's liberating to uh, be able to read the life of Osho it has influenced me a lot on my way of thinking now. And I'm exploring Buddhism, but I did not really have the time to sit down and think about it or study it. But I'm open. Uh, I have rich experience when it comes to religion in my past. I have been with pastors. I have been with different retreats. I have read the Bible. And yeah. I'm I'm thankful for that because it has given me uh, rich experiences in life. But as of now, I am open. I don't confine myself to one religion. For me, church is a matter of choosing the right people to be with to grow spiritually. But that spiritual life is shouldn't be confined. Uh, shouldn't be shaped by fear. With Osho, I was I was delivered from fear, because before when I was in born again Christian, whenever I did something wrong, I feel I will be punished. I am always afraid of being punished. If I did something wrong, I will be punished. If I did not do something I'm supposed to be done, I'll be punished. My life was uh going around fear, mm. and when I when I was able to encounter Osho, I was freed of this fear. So, and as you go into these speaking engagements, you're going to see how, you're going to see fear come up a little bit because it's something new that you're doing, or at least it seems new to you. And so uh, you'll be faced with that challenge again. And, but it, the question is just, you know, how do you overcome that? And I think, again, just going back to just telling your story, connecting with people, and uh, letting those just engagements keep coming in. And that's that. And so, um, if you just focus on that and just connecting with, because that's under your control, right? You can always just, it's, it's just a decision to reach out to someone, uh, to introduce yourself, uh, or when you go to these speaking engagements, introduce yourself to folks there and connect with them. That's all within your control. And when you do that, 
you don't know what what results are going to happen or how soon they're going to come in but if you just master telling the story and connecting with people mm-hmm. you have no idea what that could lead to in the future yeah, i think it's a matter of being genuine to and sincere to making connections yeah that's it you're just and the, the, in order to just tell your story and and the purpose is for them they're going to be inspired they're going to connect with you they're going to have an emotional connection with you and they're going to see that they can dream too they're going to see what you've accomplished and believe that that's also possible for them yeah i think one of my gift is that being able to make people feel i have the ability to make people cry more cry not really laugh but more make them cry because i have roused something strong from within yeah i have proven uh i have proven that i have that kind of uh skill you do so mm-hmm. it'd be uh so i want to hear how that goes and yes. uh, maybe let's let's talk again uh down the road a little bit but uh, definitely let me know how that engagement goes and uh but like i said yeah just just keep it just keep it simple one step at a time yeah i'm very i'm thankful to you because you are showing me opportunities i did not see before and you're making me realize the i thought i am not talented <laughs> i don't have talents you know uh, that's uh that's something very <laughs> uh, uh motivating from you to know that i have this kind of opportunity well i appreciate you saying that and it's it was easy to see that you do have that and and it it's a it's just so funny that not only do you have the talent but you've also been putting it to use true you've already begun you know the the journey you've already started that somewhere some time ago i have dreamt of it but i have forgotten about it and thank you yeah. for reminding me <laughs> that i yeah. have dreamt of it once before i think well, this... that's also your that's also your gift making making people realize their potential I, well it, it would certainly certainly right there's we certainly the range of possibilities is i think usually greater than what we think it is and uh you there's definitely a lot of potential there for you and it's just funny how and i've seen this a lot too in similar situations where we're not just talking about something hypothetical but something that's already been done like you've already done this so it's not even like theory like can you do it you can do it you've proven it you have absolute demonstrable proof that you can do this because you have done it and you're already getting speaking engagements <laughs> while we're even coaching while you're wondering whether you can even do this you've already started <laughs> true Isn't that kind of interesting 
it has <laughs> that's something very interesting and wow <laughs> yeah just don't despise those small beginnings you know so i think i think we're there i think uh like i said at the beginning you know i felt that uh, we were going to learn something and uh to me it seems like we've gotten to that point you got a clear sense of what you want to do and you've already started to take those steps going there and so i think then you know your journey is going to be pursuing this and creating uh, a pathway for yourself where this can provide the income and allow you to make the transition mm. into doing this full time i hope so yeah yeah the intention is already cast out to the universe. Yeah. <laughs> May but the when, universe but, listen. <laughs> yes. But when you do that, get rid of that word hope. Either do it or don't do it. But don't hope for it. Okay. I will right? do it. <laughs> yeah. Be committed all in. Okay. Yeah. Great, great. This is a really powerful conversation. Yes. I'm glad we connected. There's so much impact on me. I can feel it. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel too. good. I feel good remembering those glorious days of my life. Mm. Yeah, I can I can feel it over here too. I can I can sense that. <laughs> it's landing with you. I suddenly miss my students also. <laughs> mm. And my church before. When I was in Dubai, I the church has been my therapy. I love going to church. I remember those days. I miss the singing and the dancing as well. But I don't know what's in the future for me. But that's but that could be a good thing. <laughs> Maybe no I would <laughs> waiting for to reach Nineveh. <laughs> Yeah, you're Nineveh. Yeah, you just keep going to Nineveh and preach. That's the key here. <laughs> Don't hold back and just keep going. Keep preaching. Okay. Right. Well, it's great to chat with you, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Also, You are always a blessing every time Amen. I talk to you. <laughs> Amen. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> and what if we had a conversation about your career? send an email to barricadecaloli at gmail.com. And thanks for listening.